coming up on Why I Move. And I started to kind of feel that familiar feeling of like being in my body and how meditative it is to be like underwater and there's that kind of like silence and you can actually properly think and even when you're on a run and you get into a real rhythm with the music and you feel like you're kind of outside of whatever might be worrying you or whatever feelings of anxiety or whatever you might be having for that moment you're just in this little safe bubble. I'm Hannah and I'm Natasha. We're editors at LUK and in this podcast we're digging deep into the highs and lows of our guests' lives as we talk to them about how they move. This podcast is created by Elle in association with Nike. Each episode, we'll be inviting Nike coaches and trainers to join the conversation and share their stories about how movement has affected their lives. This week, we're joined by trainer Sam Vora. Sam, before we start the show and meet our celebrity guest, what's your area of expertise? So my area of expertise is yoga, mindfulness, breathwork and all things meditation, staying calm and sane. Sounds wonderful. And how do you feel when you first step onto the yoga mat? You know what? It's a big sense of relief because I just get to be away from the world. I get to zone in on myself, my breath and just have my little sanctuary away from everything. So Amazing. OK, we'll catch up with you later, Sam. And now on with the show. Today, we're joined by Arlo Parks. Arlo is an award-winning London-born singer-songwriter. Arlo rose to fame in 2021 with her breakthrough single, Black Dog, and her debut album, Collapsed in Sunbeams. She then went on to win the 2021 Mercury Prize, a Brit Award for Best New Artist, and two Grammy nominations in 2022. She's performed at Glastonbury, opened for Billie Eilish, and shared the stage with Harry Styles, Lord, and Florence and the Machine. Her debut album touches on themes such as joy, pain, and love, while challenging perceptions of sexuality and mental health. Fans have even said that her tracks have helped them with their own mental well-being. If you've listened to her album, or even just one of her songs, you'll know that Arlo isn't afraid of vulnerability and emanates creative energy. Arlo, welcome to Why I Move, and how are you feeling today? I feel great. Thank you for the intro. That was that was lovely. <laughs> You're welcome. You're joining us from LA, which is, I believe, where you live now. How long have you been out there? What are you up to out in LA? Um, so I've been there for about a year, kind of in and out, because I was very much on tour and in flux. I was in London for the past two weeks rehearsing. And when I'm here, when I'm back in LA, I tend to have a few days of just like rest and moving slowly where I'm just like pottering around the house and like repotting my plants and just drinking coffee and like doing basically nothing. So I'm in that mode right now. Oh, that sounds lovely. Do, yeah. do your plants survive? Are they They have alive? honestly survived. Like I honestly don't know how, but somehow I've managed to keep... <laughs> All, all six of my, my children alive. <laughs> right. First up, like you would any good workout, we're going to start with a little warm up just to get the blood flowing. We're going to start to gently get the heart rate up and to get to know you better by whizzing through a bit of your vital information. So you've got one minute to finish the following sentences. I'm not good at these, but I'll try my best. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ready, set. A sport I'd love to try. Ooh, archery. Oh, okay. Wildcard. Um, my workout isn't complete if I don't have at least three glasses of water. 
My favourite hit exercise. Probably boxing. My ultimate workout playlist must have is... A lot of techno music. I can't train without my... My favourite trainers. They're just like black Nike trainers, but if I don't have them, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I can't today. (laughs) 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 My favourite place to work out is... Outside, in nature. Okay, time's up. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) Thank you. I feel like some of my answers were not great, but I was thinking on the spot. Do you know what? I love that archery is the first answer. I I don't know why. I just went with my heart. (laughs) Yeah. I like the, the focus of it. And and the idea of it being like something that's really focused on just like breath and precision. Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely. Um, so before we start discussing HIT, can you tell us a little bit about what your relationship was like with sport and exercise when you were growing up? What kind of was the attitude to it in your household? So my whole family are very sporty. So my dad does like yoga every day, goes to the gym most days. My mum like does a lot of Pilates. My dad used to be like a big runner as well. Um, And my brother was also really sporty. So my household definitely had, was cultivating like that culture of like being active and moving. Um, So when I was a kid, I was doing a lot of like cross country and then like track and field in the summer. And I also played field hockey to like quite a high level where that was actually going to be my career path and then I found music and kind of took a left turn to a completely different discipline but yeah I was I was super active as a kid. Wow that's amazing so in another life you could have been a professional hockey player. Yeah no I could have like I I, honestly it was all all I did and I was kind of like working up my way like through the like county and all of that stuff Um, and I just loved the I think it was the community aspect to it as well like winning as a team was always really lovely for me and like all my friends were super sporty so yeah and was it a hard decision to make when you moved away from that and followed your other passion of music and singing honestly the thing that kind of motivated the change was that music to me felt a lot more emotional like in in a way that I was kind of craving like I think hockey was an outlet for emotions but in a very different way and I think when I discovered music as a place to put things and really like work through things that I was feeling especially you know being a teenager and getting into that moment that's a little bit more like angsty and you're trying to find your place in the world and you're having your first like relationships and breakups I think music felt like a a better kind of like vessel for those feelings in a way. Was there um because you just made that distinction between hockey being an outlet and a competitive sport and then finding a path for yourself that allowed you to tap into your emotions a lot more but was there ever a moment in your relationship with sport and movement where you realized that actually it could be a conduit for emotional expression or it helped you get back in touch with some of the feelings that you might have been having I think honestly that's what came a little bit later I kind of do things in extremes, I think, just as a person. So hockey, it was like hockey all the time. And then when I first got into music, it was like music all the time, nothing else. And then when I kind of got a little bit older or into my late teens, then I started discovering, like I would I would go on a few more runs or I would like go for long swims, like when I was on holiday with my family or like with friends. And I started to kind of feel that familiar feeling of like, 
being in my body and how meditative it is to be like underwater and there's that kind of like silence and you can actually properly think and even when you're on a run and you get into a real rhythm with the music and you feel like you're kind of outside of whatever might be worrying you or whatever feelings of anxiety or whatever you might be having for that moment you're just in this little safe bubble and I started kind of dipping my toe into that again Um, and I think during the pandemic that's when it all kind of came to a head but rediscovering that was really beautiful being like okay actually sport can be an outlet that kind of provides something a little bit different but is still somehow just as emotional as Mm. creating things. And you mentioned your parents were very active and are very active. What was the message from them about kind of why they do sport and why they go regularly to the gym? I think it's different for for both of my parents, but for my dad, for example, with yoga, and he was also a black belt in, he's a black belt in karate as well. So he has all these different disciplines. Um, But I think for him, it was about, especially with those two sports, just like gradually over time that sense of growth and evolving that sense of being able to like build up the strength to hold a pose that was maybe slightly outside of your grasp a few months ago and that also sense of it being almost this lifelong mission of like improving the way that you flow in yourself and like being in touch with your body a little bit more over a lifetime I think for him it was like that gradual strengthening and also both of them their message was just that like it doesn't necessarily have to be the kind of exercise that they do but exercising in some way and finding some way to kind of move does create this really beautiful relationship almost with your own body and just like with your mind and how much it could help with sleep, how much it could help with confidence, how much it could help with making friends as well when you're a kid at school. So there was always a really positive kind of message surrounding exercise when I was growing up. I mean, that sounds very wonderful, very wholesome. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. This section of the show we're just moving into is called the starting line. And it's the part Mm -hmm. where we ask you how you got into the sport that we've asked you to talk about today. So we've heard a lot about your upbringing in sport and hockey and all those other things. But now we want to hear about how you got specifically into HIIT workouts. Just to clarify, for some people, we keep using the word HIIT and some of our listeners might actually not know what that is. So it's mm. uh, the word is H-I-I-T and it's high intensity interval training. Ola, can you just tell us quickly for people who have never done it before what that is? Yeah, so it can come in in many different forms. I think at the, at the core of it, it's about um, working out intensely for short periods of time with moments of rest in between. And I would say the workouts are usually a little bit on the shorter side. Um, And then the opposite of that would be kind of longer, low intensity cardio, for example. It's basically the opposite of like going for a long, slow hour run. It's like very short bursts of intense exercise. That's wonderful. Arlo, can you tell us how you got into HIIT workouts? Yeah, so that started off um, towards the beginning of the pandemic. So in 2020, Um, I was quarantining with my family, so my mum, my dad and my little brother. And obviously we were all inside and all kind of buzzing around because we were all used to, you know, being quite active and everyone was kind of going crazy. And my dad suggested we do these like workouts together as a family. 
And at first I was like, oh, I'm not really sure about this. Um, <laughs> but he put together this little kind of schedule. And on one day it was like Tabata workouts, which is like quite an intense workout that is 20 seconds on and 10 seconds rest. And you do that about eight times with different exercises. So we started off with that. And then it just kind of evolved. Like it just got way too big. Like we were buying boxing gloves and boxing pads (laughs) and like random like ladders to like do fast feet on. And like our whole house just became a massive gym basically. Amazing. Um, But honestly, it was something that like I look forward to so much. Like it became this really sweet routine that we had and everyone would like, we would all do it together and like, it connected us as a family. And I feel like it also just was the beginning of my sense that working out was something more than like to maintain physique or for physical confidence. It was actually something that really helped my mind state and to help me feel kind of grounded and just mentally clear. Mm. So lovely. And I've got such a beautiful picture of your whole family, like working out together. Not that I've ever met any of them, but I have <laughs> I have an image. But did, did it ever get competitive, though? It honestly always did. <laughs> I think it was like, it's funny, all the different personalities in my family are like quite different. I think my mum was, you know, happy doing her own thing over there and like didn't really care about what we were doing. <laughs> my dad was always telling me to like bend my knees more, which became this... <laughs> the like hated phrase that I would like whip around and look at him and be like, stop saying that. And then me and my brother, of course, being siblings, um, were highly competitive. (laughs) So this is your dad's idea, which I think is really rather wonderful. But now that you've obviously all dispersed, we're not in lockdown anymore. You're not quarantining with your family. You've moved back to LA. Is there, is it something that still bonds you together? Do you ever get on Zoom with each other and, and help each other work out? Yeah, it's something that me and my dad do where whenever I'm home in London, he'll like show me a new move that he's found. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, no, I found one as well. And like, we'll be in the kitchen just like throwing ourselves around. And my mum's like, "Okay, not again. (laughs) (laughs) But it, it does become this really sweet, like bonding thing that I have with my family. Does he still tell you to bend your knees more? Yes. And then anytime I see, anytime when I came home from Christmas and he was working out, I was like, better bend those knees and he just looked at me like hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Arlo I, I remember seeing a tweet from you I think it must have been during the pandemic where you said this workout thing it doesn't get any easier they lied um, yes. do you find like having stuck with it for a while now do you find that it has become easier and you you feel much stronger so the thing that has become easier is just like it's so embedded in my life now like making the time for it and you know, making the effort to go to the gym and work out just feels very natural to me now. I think it's become something that is just part of my day that I can't really go without. But in terms of it getting easier and like me not being out of breath, like I'm still as breathless. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to own it. Um, What I would love to know though, because you talk about, you know, you naturally now finding the time to do, or you're making the time to kind of work out or to to do some movement, but you're on tour so much of, and you've had some Mm. really big tours and you've done lots of big festivals all over the world. You did Coachella, you've done Glastonbury. Like, how are you making space for this when you're living out of hotel rooms or tour buses or whatever we do now as musicians? A big thing for me, actually, that I discovered the last... um, 
American tour that I did was that my guitarist, Danny, was equally into hit workouts and wanted to learn a little bit more about it. So a big part, I think, of working out is the ease with which you can do it. Like, I think a lot of the time it's, oh, I actually have to travel to this gym and, like, I'm not sure I have enough time for it. Or I wanted to create a situation where I could just get out of the bus and work out right there. So we decided to go to, like, a sports shop in wherever the first stop was of our tour was. I think it was New York. And we bought some weights, um, bought, like, a massive battle rope that we kept in the bottom of the bus um, and a few other bits and pieces, some yoga mats. And we would just, the bus would park in the morning and we would just carry out all our equipment into the venue that was empty, obviously, because no one was there. And we would just work out right there. We'd just blast music out of the PA system, do it together for an hour. And it became just like our little ritual. And even at festivals, if you were backstage, you probably saw us at some point, like finding a little corner of a field in the back uh, and just getting a little workout in. That's just Arlo working out. Arlo Parks yeah, working out. Yeah, yeah there I like, am. Don't mind her. She's just working out. <laughs> There's also another side of it is that there is the Arlo Parks running club, which like my tour manager and my drummer, like they, I mean, it's kind of been out of action for a while now. I feel like they probably only went on about three or four runs, but it was it was an attempt. <laughs> it can always be picked back up again. But importantly, did you ever manage to encourage Harry Styles to work out with you? No, I did. I did not. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he has his his personal trainers and his his own methods of, of working out. I don't think he needs my advice. <laughs> he needs to come on the Arlo Parts Run Club, surely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and has your relationship with exercise changed at all since you've entered the public eye? Hmm. I think that's interesting. Honestly, I think it's become even more important to me because I spend a lot of my time having to, you know, be Arlo Parks, like traveling and doing interviews and being very much perceived and out in the world. And I think more and more the time that I'm in the gym or exercising becomes my refuge. Like it's the time where I can be completely almost hiding away. And it's something that is just for me. And I've had to be really emphatic about carving out little pockets of time that are just for me. And working out is kind of a natural way of doing that. And it also allows me when I'm stretching after my workouts, I'll, I'll like kind of do those body scans that you do in meditation where you're like aware of your feet and your ankles and your calves and like actually being in your body in that way that's quite present. Um, I kind of take it as a moment because I'll usually work out at the beginning of the day, especially when I'm on tour. I just kind of take it as a little moment to like slowly think through what I'm going to do with my day. I'm still kind of in that workout mode where like my energy is high and I feel good and I have those endorphins, but I can like just slowly break my day into like digestible chunks and just check in with how my body feels. Um, and it's just like a moment to slow down and just be by myself and be with my thoughts and make sure that I'm okay. You know, I was going to ask about LA and sort of being in LA is such a sort of wellness kind of capital. Mm. Do you ever feel, did you ever have that like insecurity of going to the gym and working out and kind of being part of that world, which is so different to London in many ways? Honestly, no, because I had a lot of friends and people around me who I knew exercise in like a lot of different ways. And I ended up just kind of going along to different things with them. Like, 
my friend Jimmy like does CrossFit and goes to a CrossFit gym and I like popped into that with him and you know my girlfriend does yoga and I did a bit of that with her and I had another friend who does Barry's boot camp a lot and I went with him and it kind of became this like quite sweet way to be introduced to a city and all the different kind of pockets of it by going with a friend who was like well-versed in that community and that kind of exercise and could kind of introduce it to me gently. The community aspect of it, I think, is something that I want to perpetuate for like as long as I can. That must be really rife in LA. The whole wellness and exercise community in LA is is so big and broad and um, mm. probably leagues ahead of where we are in London. Yeah, it really is. I think there is such a variety out here. Like there's literally anything that you can think of to the point of madness sometimes. But like what, I think what it, yeah, like what's what? the weirdest exercise class you've heard of? Does it involve I think animals? It's more just like yeah, I'm sure there's like cat <laughs> yoga and all of this. But like even in terms of the foods and like the strange health concoctions you can get, like yeah, I mean too many strange ones to even name. Like I went into a shop the other day just to get some water and it was all they had was like reverse osmosis charcoal, like <laughs> alcohol, sea. I was like, I, I was like, can I just have some tap water, please? They were like, no. I don't need the dragon's um, tears and algae concoction. That's the London girl in you coming out. <laughs> what I'm interested in, which has nothing to do with fitness and wellness, is do you think the mood and the tone of your music will change because of how different the lifestyle and like the ethos and the vibe is in a place like LA compared to London? Definitely. Because I feel like you're always kind of soaking up your context and like a lot of my music is talking about the people around me and the stories of the people around me. And I think, you know, the second song that I just put out, a song called Impurities, is the first song that I've made that's like really purely joyful and it's like in the chorus I'm like I radiate like a star like I feel so nourished like I feel like I found my people and that was during my first trip to LA where I kind of decided that I wanted to move and where I felt myself really taking care of my body and my spirit and I felt creative and I felt happy there and I definitely feel like it's working its way into my work as you say even like studio culture in LA is very different it's a lot more fluid like a lot more people kind of being open to people like flowing in and out of their studio and like being a lot more like generous in a way and and that's not to like talk badly about like London culture it's more just like in London there are these little like pods of community that some keep quite separate but in LA everyone is just kind of like flowing in and out of each other which I think is really nice. Like, I think it definitely opened me up to working with musicians that maybe I wouldn't have even found because they happened to be hanging out that day and, like, I needed some drums. And they were like, oh, I play drums. And, you know, that sense of, like, ease and flow was really nice. Mm. Well, I'll look forward to hearing the next album. Don't go anywhere. We're just going to a quick ad break. We've created this podcast with Nike in a bid to uncover what gets some of the most inspirational women moving. Let's find out how Nike trainer Sam Vora moves with a quick-fire question round. You ready, Sam? Yes. Morning or evening workout? Morning. Weights or cardio? Cardio. Yoga or Pilates? Yoga, but both. Exercising indoors or outdoors? (sighs) Also both. 
best motivational tip? I would say keep going. It's not a race, it's a marathon. One word only, how does moving make you feel? Empowered. And final question, maybe the most important, what or who makes you want to move? My future self. Now, back to the show. So in this section of the show, we ask guests about any exercise hurdles they've faced or continue to face. Arlo, you've spoken publicly about having insomnia and working out every day in order to sleep. Please, can you tell us a bit about your experiences with insomnia? Yeah, so I think I've struggled with insomnia for a long time, like since I was very, very young. And also struggled with like waking up with a lot of like physical anxiety and like tension in in my body and in my jaw um, and shoulders. And I didn't know what I could do to kind of ease that. And it meant that just for many years, I was just not getting enough sleep and having that obviously impact my mind state and how creative I could be, how energized I felt and just like how I was moving through the world. And it, when I was started working out, it happened really gradually, but I realized that I would wake up and be able to like breathe deeply and didn't feel like every time I woke up, I was already tired. And it happened almost like before I could really notice it where I was like, oh, okay. When I would maybe get like three hours of sleep a night, I'm getting like six hours. I'm getting seven. I'm getting eight. And it took a second to kind of connect the dots and be like, oh, okay. Well, when I move my body and when I kind of can physically expend like the anxieties of the day or the stress of the day, or like, you know, I've had a long working day and there's a lot on my mind and I go for a run and I feel like I kind of I think a lot of it is that just I had a lot of like energy fizzing and buzzing in my body and in my head and it was hard to kind of slow it down. And I think exercising allowed me to do that and just to have a bit more presence. And then that encouraged me to like start to journal a little bit more before bed and find even more ways of kind of putting things down before I went to bed. And yeah, that became honestly a lifesaver for me because I thought that it was something that I wasn't really going to ever be able to change I thought I just had insomnia and that was kind of Mm. that but I really felt like this helped me a lot it's amazing when you find the 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 kind of the solution to insomnia it's something that I've definitely experienced like over the years as well myself um my tip though the key to restful sleep is listening to a sleep story specifically by Matthew McConaughey. Nice. <laughs> I like that. All right, all right, all right. Shut your eyes. Um, no, but actually one of the things that I personally find is that, well, for me, and I don't know if it's the same for you, the insomnia seems to be a product of like having that your brain go into an overactive state just as you're kind of hitting the pillow Mm. All that like nebulous mess of swirling thoughts suddenly decide to try and process themselves just as you've like your head's hit the pillow. Um, Mm. But the thing that exercise taught me other than, you know, making me tired and things like that is that the mental kind of fortitude that you have to employ when you're doing like a high intensity workout and it hurts and there's reps left to do and you don't want to quit and you've got to use that inner voice to sort of, you know, stay strong. There's only two more, there's only 20 seconds left or like, you know, get to the end, like meet the goal. That's actually the same 
voice that I employ late at night when I'm lying in bed and those intrusive thoughts are coming in going like, oh, you should be anxious about this, actually. Or you said that Mm. thing and it was kind of a weird tone and people might think funny about it. You know, I use the same kind of mental fortitude to be like, nope, push it out, like count to 10 and, you know, don't let that sort of thought ruminate because there's nothing you can do about it now. And actually, it was the workouts that taught me how to employ that part of my brain that's like, nope, stop, or, you know, Mm. just get through the next 30 seconds without thinking about it or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I really love that. I love that as as a link. And I do think that sometimes when you do just like take a breath and just like put things to one side, all that kind of meditation idea of like them just being little like, sticks bobbing on a stream and they're just like passing you by and just like allowing them to pass rather than picking up every stick and being like oh I need to sort this now and like what happened then just like allowing things to flow and I think that's also an idea that I carry into the way that I move like in a moment where something feels really hard just like focusing on breathing like focusing on flow yeah no I like that that link a lot Arlo, last September, you had to cancel some of your US tour dates because of burnout. Mm -hmm. When did you first realise that you were burning out and and what did that look like? Did people around you see it before you did? Yeah, I definitely think people around me saw it before I did. You know, I was touring relentlessly, like I did around 125 shows last year. And I think it was a lot to grapple with, especially like I came out of school And then I was straight into the pandemic. And then I was suddenly being kind of propelled around the world. I think a lot of it was about like when I'm burnt out or overstretched or, you know, exhausted, my insomnia gets worse, which is strange because you would think that when you're really tired, you sleep more. But it actually meant that I was sleeping less. And I think that sleep for me really affects my ability to kind of like deal with and like dismantle like stress or like small stresses feel huge and and there's that kind of inability to like reason with yourself and like work yourself down from anxious states and you because you just have less emotional capacity I think and a big part of it was that a big part of it was just like how I felt in my body really Like I felt this real sense of like sluggishness and slowness and just like discomfort in my body and feeling like my relationship to performing and to making music and to just like being an artist was like not as joyful as it always was. Like it just felt different. Something felt wrong. And it was definitely really difficult to make that decision because there's always that fear of disappointing people. Like it goes far beyond me and whether I feel capable to do a show. Like obviously I've got my crew and my band and like the fans and everything. But it was honestly one of the best decisions I ever made because I had to kind of go away and retreat and like be at home and rest and be around my favorite people and like just take my dog for walks and like eat right and just try and get enough sleep to get back to myself and get back to the place where I could like put on a good show and and be happy again. And so, I mean, very sage, like I don't mean this in at all 
with any condescension at all, but, you know, you found uh, fame, more specifically success, young. You were, you were really young. And like mm. a lot, you know, the evidence sort of speaks for itself about people who find their moment when they've, they're only in their teens. A lot of people don't mm. really make it through with their mental health intact. And mm. for someone like yourself to recognize that and to call time and to have the kind of the wherewithal to say, well, actually just guys, I need to stop and I need to give myself space and to go home and seek the things that you needed is like really quite impressive. I don't think I would have been capable of doing the same at the same age. Yeah. And also the idea that like as a society, we're quite obsessed with fame now and instant fame and like, Mm. you know, that instant success and productivity all the time. Yeah. And that doesn't lead necessarily to longevity or kind of a sustained career. Um, And I think what you said is so important that you found ways to bring yourself back from that that burnout Mm. um and I think you know times when I felt like on the brink of burnout or being quite low I think that's the biggest lesson is kind of finding what brings you back and what helps you and then remembering every time when you're at that moment and I think those you know you even have to go to that point to learn those lessons yeah and I found I found the biggest thing I found was that it's about kind of putting those things in place before it gets to that point you know, I, I found myself getting to the place of burnout and then being like, oh, now I should like do this thing that makes me happy and go here and spend time in nature. Whereas maybe it was about just kind of building that into my schedule, even if it was something that I did every other week. Like if I know that going out into the forest makes me happy or cooking a meal or like going for a drive to here, like actually sprinkling those self-care moments in all the time rather than doing it in a massive chunk when things are already bad that's something that I really learned yeah and did your um relationship with exercise change at all during that period did you find you couldn't work out like you had been or you didn't want to definitely like I think I just didn't have the energy like even though exercise feels energizing and you have that kind of buzz afterwards there is still a certain hurdle of like having enough energy to like go for a run. I just didn't have it. And I think that that then also impacted how I was feeling in my body and feeling in my head for sure. The next part of the show is called Ask Me Anything. And mm-hmm. it's basically the opportunity to give our L readers the the power. We ask them to send in any particular burning questions that they were desperate to ask you. So this is their chance mm-hmm. to, to get in touch with Arlo Parks. Okay, so Temi would like to know what song you put on to really get you motivated. If you feel like you don't want to do anything, but you need to. Ooh, there's this song called High Beams by Flume featuring Slow Tie that I really like because the beat is like really just industrial and intense and his flow over it is just like so abrasive that it just wakes me up completely and I just like jump out of bed. I'm ready, ready nice. to go. Nice. And Josie asked which artist you were surprised to see in your Spotify Unwrapped. There are some artists that I absolutely love that people would not expect. Go on, give us Like, every example. time I'm in my car, it's just, if you if you were in my car, it would just be, like, Britney Spears, like, 90% of the time. <laughs> I love that. I love her so much. Um, Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Shannon has asked if you would ever lead a hit class on Insta Live because she's keen to join. Yeah, I would love that, to be honest. I included, like, a little snippet of that when I did a, a day in the life 
on TikTok. Um, and I feel like, I think it's nice as well for people to be able to follow along as well. Like I love watching YouTube videos and like following along with the movements and feeling like you're part of a little community, even if it is just on Instagram. So maybe one day. And then the last one from Casey. Do you have any tips for a shy girl? I feel super anxious working out in the gym in case I'm doing it wrong. I think I would say as advice, um, maybe see if there's a friend who can go with you. I think it's a lot less daunting than being completely by yourself. There have been moments where I've spoken to friends who have been a little bit more shy. And I think the biggest thing to remember is that you know, everyone is on their individual fitness journey. Like everyone has their headphones in and is just doing their own thing. Like, and also I'm sure that there are people who, who work at the gym, who'd be happy to give you a little induction, or you can ask them about different equipment that you're not sure how to use. And also, you know, YouTube and the internet is our biggest resource. Like if you look up, I don't know, 30 minute beginners workout or something like that, a million different things would come up. And there's so many resources now to kind of gently introduce people to exercise and make it a little bit less daunting. Mm, I think that's something I've told myself so many times is that no one is there to look at you. They're all busy doing mm. their own thing. You'd be surprised at actually how much nobody's paying attention to you. <laughs> it's not that deep. No one's actually watching. Like, you can do yeah. your own thing. Now, in this final section of the show, How I Keep It Going, we're going to discuss with expert Nike coaches and trainers how to make fitness sustainable for all. We're joined again by Nike trainer, Sam Vora. Hi, Sam. Hiya. So first of all, Sam, can you just tell us a bit about yourself? Okay, so uh, I'm a Nike trainer, yoga teacher, health coach, ceramicist, carer, the list goes on, uh, jack of all trades. But overall, I think that my journey has been really about encouraging and advocating for self-love because I started my yoga journey as a young carer from a young age and going through a difficult childhood I found that yoga was the tool that really helped me grow into myself and support my mental health through the years so since then I've just become really passionate about sharing those tools to help other women do the same. We've talked about rituals a couple of times today mm. what for you what daily rituals play a part in maintaining consistency in your movement practices? As long as I have a quiet space to take at least 10 breaths before I'm doing anything big for the day, set myself up, maybe go for a long walk and just create that space between what I have to do and what I can do for myself. That kind of is my ritual for the day. Sometimes it's things like journaling. Sometimes it's things like positive self-talk or some affirmation. Sometimes it's going for a walk. And as Arlo mentioned, it's just about creating that space for yourself and having that nurturing time. I am actually fascinated by affirmations because it's something I've never done. I know what they are, but mm -hmm. I, do, I couldn't, I've never actually practiced it myself. Do you have an affirmation for me that would be good for me to start saying to myself? I would say that what do you find difficult in your life or around movement or around your body or? Yeah, uh, two things, M getting out and just doing it, but then also... I've had body image issues like the, but I think probably like most women on the planet, most people. Um, so something about like it not mattering what other people see as long as I like what I see or something like that. Yeah, that sounds good. So I would go in with, and an affirmation should be in the current 
present tense. So it will be, I am, rather than I was or I want to be, it's I am. So you're embodying that feeling. And maybe a nice one could be, um, I am feeling confident in my body today. Mm-hmm. My body is fit and vibrant. Mm-hmm. And I am capable of great things. Oh, I love it. I feel yeah. better already. And do I just, do I say it in the mirror? Do you I can talk say to it in myself? the mirror. Um, there's a practice called mirror work and it's coined by an amazing woman called Louise Hay. Definitely read her book. She's She speaks about amazing things and that's kind of where this ethos about affirmations come from. But speaking to yourself in the mirror is so uncomfortable at first. So that's the thing we have to get over. So once you get over that hurdle of looking at yourself and actually appreciating what you look like in the mirror, even the things you're like, oh, I'm not really sure about that. And really congratulating yourself for just doing it and being there, saying your affirmations is a nice way to start. So start in the mirror. And then before you know it, when the AirPods run out of battery, (laughs) which happens out on the street, you'll just be mentally reciting those affirmations. So comes natural. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I also actually think looking at your looking into your own eyes in the mirror is very powerful because like often you're looking in the mirror you might be looking at your body you might be looking and actually mm-hmm. like staring yourself out and as yeah. you say saying something to yourself is yeah, becoming powerful. Like accountable to yourself instead of exactly bringing any judgment to the table or yeah and how it. you'd like to show up for other people like that eye contact that kind of directness. Exactly. I'm scared. What are you? What are you? You're, you're fit and vibrant. You yeah, are. yeah. And, and you're confident start, and you're capable. I'm capable of greatness. I'm going to do great things after I've had a nap. <laughs> and Sam, what are some of the things that listeners need to consider if they're motivated to move, having heard this podcast? So I think, as you mentioned just now, uh, napping and as Arlo mentioned as well, carving out the time and need for rest is so essential. So you might think of practices like yoga and meditation as rest, which it absolutely is, but making sure that you have some rest time, whether it's a walk out in the park or just some time for yourself before you do your workout it's really important that you you have that time away from movement. Any other tips for us? I would say that stay patient and trust the process. Sometimes that you won't enjoy the workout you're doing. Life happens. You might feel tired. You might hate it. Try again. If it doesn't work out for you, maybe try something else. So... Yeah, I think we're we're all guilty of that whole concept of like making your mind up to go to the gym and eat right. And then three days later, you're like, I have done so much work and I do not see yes. the difference. Why am I not a supermodel? <laughs> <laughs> exactly that mindset. Why are we all like this as women? Even I'm guilty. However, it's the the mindset of knowing that this is actually good for my overall long, long-term mental health and physical health, of course. But mental health is key. So it's a whole lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Be the turtle. Tortoise, not the hare. Mm -hmm. Be the turtle. Be the turtle. (laughs) (laughs) Be whatever animal you want to be. What's your favourite yoga move? I would say that I love bat bends. They just feel amazing. Even when you're feeling tight and you open your chest, you just feel like a new person afterwards. Is that like a heart opener? Yeah, a heart opener, Mm -hmm. back bend. You feel really strong and empowered. Makes you have good posture. It's great. Someone actually wants, actually it was my mother, who does a lot of public speaking, and she once told me to do the superhero pose, like which has probably got a different yoga name, obviously, (laughs) um, before you do any speaking engagement. Because just standing like that and taking deep breaths, it like changes your circulation, it changes your breathing patterns, and it can actually kind of chemically alter how you're then going to come across when you start talking which I do try and do it now every time different body poses that can totally rewire 
how your brain, brain. Yeah. yeah that's why it's so shocking to see your posture when you're like oh god yeah. I feel like I <laughs> why could be, am I rounding my shoulders yeah. when I could just be like this I could be so much taller <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sam, for joining us. I'm going to go do my affirmations now. Love um, that. Be a better, greater person. Love I'm going to go it. do a back end. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if I get stuck, will you help me up? Absolutely. <laughs> thanks, Sam. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much, Arlo. Yes. Um, it's been brilliant having you on the podcast. Thank you for joining from LA. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been lovely. And thank you for listening. We would love to hear what you'll be taking from this episode. Email us at podcasts at luk.com or you can DM us at luk. If you love Arlo, you can find her on Instagram at arlo.parks. Next week, we're going to be joined by the international activist, model and author Munro Bergdorf, who is going to share her journey back to gymnastics. If you've enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends and make sure you never miss another episode by following Why I Move on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. This was an LUK podcast in association with Nike. Produced by Curly Media for Hearst. See you next week. This podcast was brought to you by Nike. We're joined again by Nike trainer Sam Vora. Sam, you mentioned how you feel when you get on the mat. How about after that yoga session? How do you feel when you step off the mat? When I step off the mat, I almost feel like I've just put down a whole load of baggage that I've been holding for as long as. It honestly feels like I've just taken off a whole coat full of stress, worry, extra things that I just didn't need to be carrying. So I feel so much lighter, more free, Sometimes I don't necessarily feel the like immediate flexibility in my body, but I mentally feel lighter. Thanks so much, Sam. <laughs>